Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's Monday night, it's 7.30, and of course this is the Talk and Talk show coming to you live across the airwaves of Zoom, sponsored by Boyle Sports, the principal sponsors of Birmingham City Football Club, and of course in conjunction with our good friends at Garrison Cocker Company, SAS Autos, the Boys Labour Club, and uh, Blues Trust, and of course our good friends at Accessi Blues too. Okay, so uh, no win for Birmingham City this weekend, a 4-0 drubbing played, a few of the youngsters give them a run out, I don't mind, it was good to see. And uh, we've got one more game to go and we can relax. We can relax, ladies and gentlemen. It's all down to Derby County and it's so much fun up here right this moment in time. Um, yeah, there's a few glum faces walking around the streets of Utah. But, hey, it's not us, so we don't care. Um, introducing tonight, the one and only Mrs. Brown. Good evening. <laughs> and the one and only Mr. Robe. Hello, everybody. I hope you're all OK. And Mr. Sheen. Good evening, all. On our Fancam two guests from West Middle Police, Stuart and Colin. Who are you? And our star guest tonight, ladies and gentlemen, it is the one and only Mr. Martin Taylor. Everyone, thank you. Who are you? Who are you? I've lost my mind. Heard that a few um, times. Oh. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> okay, what are you doing with your life now, Martin? I do nice and interesting to do IT. So I do computer coding IT. So totally away from football now. So I sat behind the desk and, um, but that's, I enjoy it. So that's the main thing. May, may not be totally away from football if you're developing FIFA and things like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I should do that. That's what I should move into a bit of data on FIFA, but no, yeah. yeah so yeah. that's what I'm doing at the moment. Great for you to give your time up. Uh, we're very, very thankful, Martin. I'm sure lots of people have got lots okay. of questions for you tonight. Chris Brown, can you please keep your eye on the comments? I've uh, only got one phone. Uh, might have another one shortly. Can I have that message, please? In a minute. And um, right, events over the weekend. Uh, Blues losing four 0 to Cardiff. No great shame, as I say. Played a lot of youngsters. It was uh, it was good to see them getting a bit of a run out. And we pick ourselves up and we'll go again. You know, we've got nothing to worry about now. We're in the championship next year. And nice to see a few fans turning up. And Lebo, you're coming out and have a word with the guys outside. Obviously, we didn't repeat the scenes at Manchester, at Manchester and we don't want to. That's not what we're about. We have an open letter into the club. We'll give you all the details about that very shortly. And 4-0. Paul, what do you reckon? Yeah, it was a bit, if I'm honest, it was a bit a bit like a, a bit like an academic game, wasn't it, really? Um, an exhibition game. Obviously, you don't want to see, you know, you don't want to see us lose 4-0, obviously. But no, no, I, no. Think we were, I think we were undone by the brilliance of... Um, of Harry Wilson, if I'm honest, you know, I thought he was outstanding. I mean, all three goals he scored were, were just, I mean, it was a slight mistake by Roberts, obviously, with the pass, but even so, he had a lot to do from there. It was some finish, and his other two goals were just out of this world. So, especially the third one he scored, that free kick was out of this world. So, you know, I think now in the last game, I think now he'll probably go back to full strength for the last game, and hopefully we can, you know, end the season on a bit more of a high at Blackburn, but we'll see, you know, it's just nice to, like you say, relax and, um, not have to worry about, you know, going into final day dramas this season for a change. 
So it's down to Sheffield, Rotherham, who have kicked off uh, currently 0-0 in that game with Luton. Mm. And, of course, Derby County won. Well, <laughs> it's interesting, isn't it? And it You're loving that, aren't Do you know what? I love Derby as an away day. But just, mm. just to walk around the pub with me blowing on City shirt on and just stand there and go, chest puffed out. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, okay, dependent on the result. I might, I might even be able to get a Derby fan on next week. <laughs> oh, please do. <laughs> just to see the gloom and the doom. Okay, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, there is a challenge going on. Um, what? Ice Foot 92, if you've not heard of it. Ice Foot 92. The challenge has been set by former professional footballer Len John Rose. Uh, Len was diagnosed with MND, which is motor neurone disease, in March 2017 and is now confined to a wheelchair. During his career, he had stints with Burnley, Swansea, Blackburn, Bury, Preston, Northend and Hartlepool United. Uh, please join in and spread the word to find a cure for this awful, debilitating disease. I know Auntie Linda's doing a lot of work on this one, uh, as her brother-in-law passed away from it not so long ago. Uh, meet Les. Les loved life. He loved his family. There was never a dull moment with his zaniness and his dad jokes. Colourful character with his flamboyant dress sense. Unfortunately, January 2020, he was diagnosed with motor neurone disease, which had sadly robbed him of his life just three months after diagnosis. He died 22nd of April 2020, aged just 54. Mm. MND awareness in memory of Les. Now, what the challenge is, ladies and gentlemen, mm. you've got to get a bucket full of ice and dunk your feet in it for 92 seconds. I should be doing that later on on the show. Chris, you'll be timed with <laughs> me, right? 92 uh-huh. seconds. That's one and a half minutes plus two seconds of pure oh. ice on the feet. On the feet, yeah. girls and boys. This is not it's not just chucking a book of water on your head. You've got to leave them dunked in there for 92 seconds. Um, really good to see Sally doing it last week. And, uh, you know, she cracked on. She carried on afterwards. So we got to the 92 seconds and she lifted a beer up and carried on. So let's see if I can at least match that tonight. Um, our guys from the West Midlands Police, then, your thoughts on the events over the weekend in a certain town north of here? Mm. I think it's one of those. Everybody's entitled to protest, aren't they? Um, and we've seen it not just football racing. You've seen other events as well, haven't you, all around the country? However, sadly... It seems to be that it always goes maybe a little bit too far for people, doesn't it? Not maybe um, far. That was wanton destruction. It was filthy hooliganism. And there was one of your guys up there going to work with his family and his children to support them. And he comes away. I saw that gash on his face this morning on the TV. And I was disgusted, disgusted through to the core that a guy goes to work to have a bottle thrown at him. I've worked in the, in the, in the, in the music DJing industry and in pubs all my life. I know what it's all about, yeah? And I know how things can get heated and this, that and the other. And especially football, it's very emotive. But to pick a bottle up and throw it at somebody... You're a vile individual. I hope you are caught and I hope you get the justice that is going to be meted out to you. And I tell you what, then multiply it by 10 and then give him hard labour as well. I, I think yeah. he has, hasn't he? I think the police have, have kind of got someone now, haven't they? But I agree with you because I think that they shouldn't. I know obviously the players weren't on the pitch, but I think fans should never be allowed on the pitch ever just for safety reasons. Every single one of them, Martin. Every yeah. single one of them, a standard £400 fine for going on the pitch. Every single one of them done for breaking and entering. Yeah. Every single one of them done for riotous behaviour. Or, or I, I don't know what all the, all the this, that's and the others of it. 
players who are going to play a game of football hold up in their hotel. Yeah. You know what, man? This is, this is ridiculous. I was um, I played a game in Sheffield Wednesday against Leeds once, and the uh, Wednesday keeper, um, Chris Kirkland, was obviously standing his goal, and a Leeds fan ran on the pitch and just cracked him in the head and knocked him down. Oh, yeah, I remember watching that, yeah. And, I remember the point yeah. being that he, he said, I mean, he was he was 34 at the time. He went, I played my whole career and I've had abuse shouted at us and everything from behind the goal, but I know nobody will come <clears> on the pitch. And now I don't know that. And that's a problem. Yeah. So yeah. that's why. And obviously, look, we're. Again, guys, look, I'm all for a peaceful protest, right? We've got an open letter um, which we put into Birmingham City Football Club along with. Um, help me out, Paul. Yeah. What's that? The group? And we put an open letter in and got people to sign a petition. Now, that open letter has really got to be answered, to be fair. And the fact that people are signing a petition means that we're taking our time and effort to join in, right? <clears throat> now, as I say, there were a few lads uh, and lasses that turned up at St Andrews on Saturday. Thankfully, nothing of that kind of ilk went on. And, and quite frankly, if you've got that in your mind, forget it and don't bother turning up because that is not what this is about. This this was about the Super League malarkey and all the glazes and whatever. Like and now the football authorities, because it's Manchester United, are going to do something about the ownership situation and we've been calling out for it for 10 years. Mm. Mm. Uh, just, just going back to the protests at Man United, I'm not, I'm not saying it's right, but there were, there were a lot of protesters outside that had no idea what was going on inside the ground all the violence. No. In fact, the majority, there were thousands that went there, there for a peaceful protest. That, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, no, yeah. But there were, the majority of them were there for a peaceful protest. And that's, always, that's always the case, isn't it, gents? Mm. You always get, let's say, 95, 96% who will go for a peaceful protest. Yeah. I mean, something does happen, they all back away. But yeah. sadly, you always get a minority. And you said, I'm not just on about the demonstration of protest at the weekend. There were events in Bristol and things like that in London recently, nothing to do with football, but you always get that minority, sadly, intent on disorder at these events. Mm. Yeah. And as the night goes on, sadly, that's what always happens with these. Um, yeah. But they, like you say, Nick, that, that police officer is going to be scarred for life, isn't he, from that bottle? Yep. Mm. Every time, if he's got little children, every time his kids look at his face, they're going to see a scar forever. Mm. Forever. Yeah. And it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't like a little scratch, was it? It was a proper deep one. And the guy, the guy was still had the, had the, had the sense of mind to smile to the cameras. He's uh, lucky he hadn't lost his eye, really. Well, yeah. or his yeah, eye. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Very you lucky. Know, what, what, if, what if that had hit him on the temple? We're, we're talking just a couple of inches here, aren't we? What yeah. if it had whacked him on the temple? It had gone down, smashed his head on the floor or something? Because you don't know. And that's why I've always mm. told my kids never to fight. Don't ever fight, whatever you do. It's not worth it. You bounce somebody, they go down onto the curb, mate, and die. You're in prison. Mm. Yeah, you're it's lost over, yeah. yeah you're it's right. as simple well, as that. Going back, going back to the, the, the ones who are inside the stadium, I do genuinely think it was, for a lot of them, it was their first time at Old Trafford. They just saw it as a so big what? laugh. There's, not there's, a there's a worldwide pandemic going on. What are you doing yeah. even doing that? Mind you, there's, okay. there is... Mark, there is thousands of Man United fans that have never been to Old Trafford, though. That's what I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Like I said earlier, Paul, you know, you said it before, you know, coming up from London, you know, Wales, yeah. <laughs> the yeah. or glory yeah. hunters. Yeah. You know, a lot of them were so young. I mean, the, the little kid who was hanging off the crossbar, well, Coventry, yeah. But the, the yeah. one little kid hanging off the crossbar, he had a big grin on his face. He probably didn't have a clue what he was doing there. No. So, no, I don't think a lot... 
it'll be interesting to see what punishment they get anyway. I think it's also it, interesting it, what, what will happen. What will happen for the rest of the season now at some of these other grounds as well? Will that? Yeah. Be, will there be a knock-on effect? Because I think let's be honest, it all started over the, the Super League plans, didn't it? Mm-hmm. But then that's yeah. clearly moved on. Man United was more about the owners and the Super League. And then they say, what have you got left? You've got about three weeks left in the Premiership or something, something like that. It'll just yeah. be interesting to see. And I hope there's not a knock-on effect now for the rest of those Premier League games this season. Mm. Oh, God. Yeah, well, you know so, what? anyway, Martin, let's we take it back. We shouldn't be talking about it, anyway. But, <laughs> let's take you know, it back. Let's like, take it... the girls that turned up at St Andrews didn't make a big fuss. Lee came out and spoke to them, one thing yeah. and another. So, you know, we, we did it the right way around. And, and I know we've had a reputation in the past, but, you know, credit to all the people... I can't condone it because, again, we're still in a national pandemic. Uh, but, you know, credit to the people that went there uh, and, and did a peaceful protest. Mm. Right, Paul, Paul, over to you. Paul, yeah, Paul. Absolutely. Sorry, Nick. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, I'm just going to say, Martin, let's take it back to 2003. Then you was at Blackburn. And yeah. how did the move towards come about then? Because I said to you before we came online, didn't I remember buzzing when we signed you? Because you, like, you, you played a big part in me winning a couple of hundred quid, like on Dream Team the season before. Um, <laughs> you were one of the top scoring defenders in Dream Team, yeah, in some Dream Team, when you was at Blackburn. Um, so, yeah, how did it come about? Um, I just heard um, David Dunn had moved the season before and he was just telling us he was having a great time at Birmingham, really enjoying it. Um, Damien Johnson was there as well. And um, I'd start the season at Blackburn. I had a good season the year before and they brought Amoruso in and Sunes was really keen on playing Amoruso. He was trying to change a few things around and then they, I'm trying to think now, um, I think they wanted to sign John Stead from Huddersfield at the time. They needed a forward and he needed a bit of money and I think when Birmingham came in with the offer, he was happy for us to go. So I was, I still had a contract at Blackburn. Um, I was happy to move to Birmingham because I'd heard good things about it but it was just a case of Everything kind of lined up and sported Brucey and everything sounded good. So, yeah, I just went for it. Yeah, fair play. Did you score on your debut against, was it Everton at home? Off your I, back? Think it, I think it was one of my better ones. <laughs> I hit my backside on the line. I yeah. think the L4 yeah. shot and it hit me off yeah. and went in. And, <laughs> they all count. They all I'll, count. I'll that one. They they all count. What a way to score on your debut. I know. Yeah. I've got to give you a warning now, uh, Martin, though. If you do say the V word, it's a tenner towards our charities. <laughs> All oh, right, okay, no worries. <laughs> did you ever appear in a derby? In the derby? Yeah, 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 I did. Um, I'm trying to think, two or three. Um, I think we might have lost all of them, unfortunately. I think we, I played, we got beat 3-1 in Villa when Cahill scored. Ah, <laughs> 10 quid, 10 quid. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get that one. And then, um, yeah, one at home as well against that loss. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, into my, that was like the yes no game. Oh, it, feels straight away as well, didn't it? It was unfortunate you told us where you live as well. Never mind. I know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> seconds. <laughs> it's like the yes no game, isn't it? Yeah. What was it like being on the pitch at local derby then? The, the atmosphere beforehand and what have you? Yeah, really good. Um, it's. I mean, they're always just something else. That's that's why they tend to play fairly rubbish games because doesn't matter where you're from. The the build up during the week and the you just feel it. It's just, as soon as you get the ground, it's like an electricity that kind of comes out of it. And so I, I played. Yeah, I was fortunate. I played quite a few actually. And some of them, like unusually, I played. Obviously, the Villa Birmingham one, which. <laughs> Twenty. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that one was uh, that one's big. I played Burnley Blackburn, which was different, but it was a, it was a it was a massive game for different reasons. But that one was just crazy as well. So yeah, it was, it was good playing. Yeah. 
And who would yeah. you say was the? Who would you say you was in many squads with us, weren't you? Over the six yeah. years you was with us, who would you say was the funniest character amongst the? Um, Ian Bennis, easy. He was. He was. He was brilliant. He, Everybody says that. Everybody he started, says that. Yeah. Anyway, to be fair, anyone who can do any sort of impressions of anyone is brilliant. But he, he I, I'm sure people have said before, but he used to do the uh, referee's whistle, which sounds basic, but he was so he can like do a whistle with his lips, and it sounded like the referee's whistle, but down to a T. And in training, every time everyone just used to stop because uh, <laughs> it was it was brilliant. But now he was good. He was um, he was always a laugh. He, he used to be in my golfing group because we were we were all for the golf, so we were like the the, the last group going round and. I'd be with him and he would, uh, yeah, it would always be a good laugh. And who would you say was the most, I won't say miserable, but who was the most, who was the quietest, would you say, who was the most sort of... Uh... Aloof, yeah. yeah. See, this is, this is all tough one, because there's some people who just aren't particularly, so they're not loud in the group, they won't be loud in the dressing room, lads are sitting having dinner. So someone like um, Julian Gray, for example, very quiet, he wouldn't be that loud, but one-on-one with him, he was really good, really good at chat to, good sense of humour, so... Um, it's always yeah you can't really say because everyone's different but yeah there's uh, there's some characters that are really big I mean trying yeah. to be in the dressing room with like the likes of Sav and, and Benno and trying to get a word in for some lads is impossible but um, yeah there was some that uh, we were quite there as well yeah yeah and is there any good pranks you can tell us about any good funny stories or any jokes you can remember anyone played on each other um, I can't, there's probably a few pranks I'm trying to think of a pre-season one there might be one with Dunny in pre-season with someone but I don't know if I want to get into that. But there was the there was with Slav. I think there was the one. It's probably been said before where he was uh, broken down in his Lambo on the side of the M42, and uh, Ben was gone past and give his horn, and absolutely everyone's just. I think he stopped pulling, and everyone's just banging the horn at him because uh, he's pulled over in his Lambo, broken down on the edge of the M42. So that, that was always a good one. I'm trying to think of uh, any of us pranks or anything like that. No. I'll, if I no. think of any, I'll let you know. Yeah, no worries. Was it Martin? Was it a different atmosphere to, to the dressing room you had at Blackburn? Yeah, they're all different dressing rooms. Um, to be fair, when I when I moved to Birmingham, there was probably more of an English base. Uh, the, most of the squad would have been English, so obviously there was there was a few players in there. Um, mm. But when I was at Blackburn, especially with Sooners in charge, you brought in players from all over the world. Really, I mean, you had two or three Turkish lads couple of Italians, a couple of Spanish and stuff like that. And sometimes there was, you, you do get the clicks. There was no problems. You just get the clicks of the language. Um, so the, the kind of the, the Francophones still stick together and stuff like that. So when I came to Birmingham, there was definitely a bit more of a togetherness. I got in a good group of friends and I still speak to a lot of them now. So it was it was a it, it was a good uh, club to come to, definitely. Yeah. And well, how would you think? Sorry, Mark. Sorry, Paul. I was going to say, I was going to just ask Martin, the, the contrast with characters between... Bruce and, and Sunes. I mean, did Sunes have a lighter side to him? He did, yeah. No, Sunes um, is he, he's, he's he's very personable, which kind of, I mean, when you watch on Sky, comes across, he's got a stern look, but I think uh, Roy Keane beats him at that anyway, so he, he's, <laughs> uh, he, he's all right there. But he, he was, he, he, I'm trying to think how to describe it. Yeah, he had a temper, but managers do. He was, he was quite uh, considered, really, he, he could fall out with people. That was his kind of his, his big thing. Sometimes he would fall out with players a little bit too much. But on the whole, he was everyone kind of got on quite well. He, he he's, he's different as a manager as he as people perceive him to be. So mm. it was um, I I got on with him really well. I actually quite liked him, and uh, he's a good sense of humour as well. To be fair, mm. 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 and who was who was the best player you played with? Sorry, who was the best player you played with at Blues? At Blues, um, <laughs> oh, I'm trying to think. So. 
I, I think it's, it was mentioned just earlier. I think sometimes there's, there's players who have got loads of ability, um, and then there's players who have a, a huge amount of impact. I think that someone like Emil Heskey was mm. um, a fantastic player. He obviously played at the top at Liverpool. He won um, massive. Yeah. Uh, trophies. He played for England lots of times, and when he came to Birmingham, he still had a lot to give. He was by no means uh, past his best, and what he gave to the team was outstanding. He was so strong. He, his work rate for the team was incredible. His lack of goals. Um, often people um, said he needs to be scoring more goals, set a forward. But when you were when he was in the team, it made a difference every single time. Um, so and so players like that, and then I think yeah. someone like Seb Larson. Um, was fantastic when he came. I think his ability and work rate, um, he, he brought so much um, to the team as well. So, yeah, like, like I say, there's different people. People, Some people, some players bring a lot to the team without really standing out. Nick? Yeah, no, absolutely. Nick? Nick? Was gonna say something. Uh, yeah, just looking back to our friends at West Midlands Police, um, <clears throat> what, what kind of preparations do you make for police in a match at the moment? I mean, do you expect anybody to erroneously turn up or, you know, have you got preps in place for that? And looking at what's happened over the weekend, are you going to put any extra measures in? The, um, you, you know, come the new season, I know we're playing away on the last game, so it's not really going to be a massive issue. And um, when do you start prepping there for next season? Um, I, I think really next season, it's hard at the moment, isn't it? Mm. I, I think we all like to think we're back to 100% capacity, won't we? But I think it's still too early to know whether that will take place whether we're looking at perhaps 50% capacity to start with and building up, it's really difficult. Normally, we'd start planning as soon as sort of the playoffs, relegation, promotion are all sorted. But if you look at the table now, let's be honest, we're not going to really be in the playoffs. Albin are going to be relegated probably this weekend coming. Wolves and Villa are sort of safe where they are. So really, the planning would start. Obviously then the fixtures would normally come out <laughs> mid-June. Yeah. Um, and then we'd be really in full swing. But I say, until we're still in presidency times, aren't we? It's really hard to know. Mm. It's different policing, perhaps 8,000 at a ground due to social distancing and various restrictions than it is to policing 40,000, something like that. Um, and I say, policing at the moment, we've literally put two, three officers on games recently. That's all. And that's probably more. One to support the club. Because if you drive past these clubs at the moment, you'd hardly know there was a game going on. Oh, no, you yeah. drive past Blues, even when Blues are playing, probably even more when Coventry are playing at Blues at the moment, you genuinely wouldn't know there's a game taking place. But mm. you've still got to think, we're in this day and age still, terrorism, that type of thing. They are sites where potentially, you know, somebody can think, mm. you know what, a potential terrorism site. So that's why we still put police officers on it. One for that, one to support the stewarding and the um, the club. Um, and if you think the stewarding numbers, Blues used to put to the 250, 300 stewards on a game with fans. Yeah. They're down to 40 or 50. So again, yeah. that's a lot of eyes and ears which are missing, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. Mm -hmm. And yeah. there's a lot of gates to cover. There's a lot of areas to cover. Um, so, so that's all we've been doing, two or three officers on every game, um, which, which we've done for ourselves from the office in the football unit. Um for the rest of the season, obviously, we've got Man United coming to the Midlands very soon. Yeah. Um, and those will be discussions. Who are they playing? I don't know. <laughs> I haven't got that sort of money. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not well enough played. Um, but those are decisions. You've got to remember, these, these are what we would class as 
police three games at the moment, really, with no fans inside. So that's a discussion for safety officers to have with sort of Westminster police in relation to what sort of level of policing they want. Um, you know, it's back to the process, isn't it? We've seen fans turn up at Leeds recently. Man United Bolton had issues on Saturday as well, didn't they? I'm sure those have been seen over the weekend as well. Um, but I say we're not talking huge amount of police resources whatsoever. It's just enough. And knowing that if something does happen, there's enough reserve elsewhere, you know, we can bring them in. Okay. Um, but I think it's unusual, as in, if you think everything's decided in the West Midlands already, which is near enough unheard of, isn't it? Two, three weeks. But for us, with a week to go, we've normally got something to play for. And normally you're looking at a playoff somewhere with a West Midlands team, which yeah, we're just yeah. not going to get, are we? Um, right. But we have been busy. Um, Stu, especially in his new role, um, there has been literally non-stop in the couple of months he's been here um, with the, the hate crime, you know, the online abuse of players. Yeah, we'll go on to that. Yeah, mm. Stu's the expert and all that. Um, but even though there's been no football, as Stu will say, it's been absolutely non-stop with stuff yeah, going on. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We'll talk okay. about that. Well, you mentioned yeah. the hate crime in there. And um, online crime, it is... It's just vile, isn't it? You know, online bullying and, and, and racism is, is, is just vile. Now, there isn't anybody else, I don't think, in this town better than me at comedy and, and taking the rip and one thing or another. I'd never intentionally... Well, I just wouldn't, because I always try and read everything two or three times before I post it or, or say anything. And I, don't, I don't get it. I just don't get... You know, you, you're writing it down. It's got your name against it. You, you're liable for what you write nowadays, uh, and, I, and I just don't. I can't understand. Can't get my head round why people want to do it or why they do it. No. Is it is it youth and exuberance? Is it um, hatred? Is it, I don't know. What do you reckon, Nick? It's a, it, I mean, we thought this had gone away in our time, didn't we? You know, but and it's but it's never gone away, has it? It had no. Chris, a certain degree. Now, look, me and you can remember the likes of Cyril Regis coming to St Andrews and the, and mm. the dogs that he took there. Yeah, 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 yeah. and. You know, looking looking back, it, that, that was just that was just vile. It was vile, yeah. And uh, the bloke didn't deserve it. He's, he's again just like that police officer in, in Manchester. He's just going to work the yeah. other day, mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. it. They're just doing the job. Now I can tell you, right? Any player of any colour, any ethnicity, any gender, I don't really care if you put a Birmingham City shirt on. I'll love you for the rest of my life. That's mm-hmm. it. End of. Mm-hmm. End of. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think there's so much more the social media companies themselves could do um, or should do. What, why um, should or when, when, when you should be responsible for your own actions? Yeah, that's but, society in general, isn't it? I think that's, mm. that, I've spoke about it quite openly. It's, this isn't just a football issue. This is an issue across society. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, society don't like to take responsibility for their actions. Social media is the, the classic because you can hide behind that screen, can't you, behind that keyboard? And, yeah. And, I was in the pub working one night, okay, a year or so ago, maybe 18 months ago, and there was a gentleman in there of uh, the 70-ish bracket, and he was going on uh, about um, certain races and religions and this, that, and the other, putting them down, da 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 And I said to him, stop. He said, what? I said, okay, you walk down the steps out of this pub, turn left to go and get a packet of fags, and you keel over and have a heart attack. And the only man that stops to help you is a man from Pakistan who just happens to be a heart surgeon, brings you back to life just so that you can go and see your grandchildren again. 
he's never said anything since. Mm. Never said anything since. And uh, you know, I've got I've got the original kick it out shirt here. I've got the what the, the one that's not so long ago with you know we don't see your colour we see the, the person. As Stu briefly mentioned, and I'm sure he'll say a lot more than me about it, is with the inquiries we can do. A lot of these offenders are from many, many thousands of miles away. And literally, it's so easy to get an email address. It's so easy to set up a Twitter and Instagram account, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Almost. Well, you can. You can use false details. There is no comeback. Yeah. But I say some of the stuff Stu's been looking at, we've had offenders in Russia, for example. Um, oh. Well, clearly, they've got away with it. If you want, mm. if you want to make it safe, better time, because there's nothing we can There's do about that. And clearly the Russian authorities aren't going to take any interest in it. And and that's why social media companies do have to do a lot more. Yeah, I get that. I really do. They've said that. I understand that. What can the social media companies do? Like, um, from the anonymity part of it, can they, are they planning to do things when you've spoke to them or anything like that? Well, it's like, it's like, it's like a football club, isn't it? You know, they can't control everybody's mouth. Yeah. No. No. I think I obviously think... there's an argument there for people to verify that there is a strong argument yeah. there, and I, th- I think your genuine supports because let's be honest, social media it is a good interaction tool for yeah. for anyone on there to, to get their point, their view across. And I think if if you're getting people who are signing up to verify, you're going to get the majority of genuine people who want to engage with people for the right reasons. And I'd like to think you'd weed out a lot of these individuals who are remaining anonymous, who mm-hmm. want to send this abuse, they, they want to be racist online, they want to send emojis to certain players because they think it's funny. Uh, but I think that would be a good option to look at. Whether it happens or not, I don't know, because you're talking at obviously a lot higher level than mm-hmm. myself. You're talking government level to, to start forcing those changes. But something has to change, and it has to change quickly. Do you think this social media blackout of the weekend has done any good whatsoever? No, no. It's, ra- it's raised awareness. And, it, and it's, not, it's, it's, it's obviously players are taking the knee, aren't they? Players are wearing the no room for racism. This is this is just very similar. You know, players take, are boycotted. Just, just forget it. Just forget we, it. We, it there needs to be action. And I don't think the majority of Birmingham City fans care either, to be, to be frank with you. And, you know... Like Ronnie, one of our disabled supporters, and uh, I'll stand, I'll stand with him. I'll stand with him every week. He's lovely. I love Ronnie. He's a great bloke. I can't wait to see him again. Give him a hug. Yeah. Mm. I think the other thing we by the way, I'm allowed to say that, aren't I? Ronnie's a black man and he's lovely. Huh? Yeah, but he's a human. Yeah. He's, he's, he's a human. Mm. Yeah. End up. And, that, and that's what it's about. That's, you know, regardless of the colour, your background, whatever it may be, if you've got a disability. You get on with that person for who that person is. I'm, 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 I'm eager to see how, how social media is going to police police it. Because it isn't a case of after the horse is bolted. I mean, once once somebody said something, uh, they can just go offline and come back as somebody else and do the same thing again. It's going to be so difficult. Yeah. Sorry, what I've tried to get, obviously I've done a lot of work with players and clubs mm. um, so far, and trying to get clubs and players to to report the abuse that they're having uh, obviously at the minute we're not we've not got supporters within the grounds which has helped in a little bit in terms of my role mm. because then I've just been able to focus on the players and the clubs and 
when they report something to me and they are reporting more and more now, I'm able to take that information to the social media companies and they do provide us certain information around IP addresses, which we can do work with. Obviously, if it's someone abroad, it limits what we can do. But someone certainly in this country, and there, there, are, there, there are investigations that I'm dealing with that you've got individuals up and down the country, not just in the West Midlands, who we are identifying. Mm. That takes time. It doesn't happen overnight. Um, but these people can be identified if, mm. if they're in the UK and they need to be. But that relies on the players, clubs, supporters when they're back in the grounds, if they're having issues online, mm. to report it. And and obviously we'll investigate it. I think it'll be interesting to see what happens in, with some of these court cases we'll have over the next few months. It'll be interesting to see what, when, if people are found guilty... What sentences they get? Is it going to be a slap over the wrist, you know, and don't do it again, or will somebody? Do you guys do all the yeah. footwork, don't yeah, yeah, control yeah. over that, do you? No, no none whatsoever. Right. It's like anything. The sentencing's out of our hands. Yeah. But I think if it's some, you know, severe sentences handed out, but there's obviously limiting on, on what the offences are and what the sentences are. But mm. you know, if you look, if somebody's going to get a fifty pound fine for racially abusing somebody online, that's no deterrent whatsoever, is it? No. It was better in my day when the copper behind you, if you heard just bad mouthing somebody, he'll give you a belt around the ear, take you round by the scruff of your neck and yeah. send you to your father. <laughs> and that's mm. obviously when supporters are back <laughs> at the grounds, mm. any sort of abuse like that aimed at players or towards supporters, that, that you know, we've got cameras inside the grounds, you've got stewards, you've got police, you've got other supporters who are going to challenge it, and that makes my investigations a lot easier to, mm. to obviously mm. identify someone. And I've always said it before. And if I hear it, I promise you, I will video or, or take a photograph of the individual involved. That's what we want. On to you. Call yeah. me a snitch if you want, but I'll tell you what, this is football. It's football. It's Birmingham City. It's our club. And I yeah. don't hold with anybody abusing anybody else to that degree. Yes, do all your chants and your laughs and your all the fun that you have. And, you know, it's a great crack. And, you know, if there's somebody there, you know, who's getting, getting the dog's abuse off everybody, it's... And that's mm. that's the crack. That's the joke. But where did, where do you draw that line? Yeah, exactly. Mm. Mark, you was about to say something, Mark. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna go back to if can I ask what Stu said a minute ago. You know, when you you, uh, you said he spoke, you spoken to some players um, yeah. about this, some of the issues. Have you got? Would you say there's a section of players who are sort of reluctant to come forward? Yeah, I think so. I think, and I'm not naive enough to know that people don't trust the police for various reasons, and that's not just footballers. That's a lot of people with, across various different communities mm. trying to get into players to, to get them to trust me, trust the police to report it and being able to investigate. And, and in turn, I think if you look at some of the communities, certainly across the West Midlands, if they can see a player from a, their club reporting something to the police, trusting the police to investigate it, we can get a successful result at court. I'd like to think slowly that would then encourage them to report matters and, and so on and so forth. Um, oh, yeah. Right, Shane Goff has just said, can I just say, <clears throat> as somebody from a gypsy background, I've never understood why it's okay to say Gypo at grounds. I've done it. There you are. Mm. I've done it. I'm sure everybody else in the studio has done it, and I'm sure the majority of other people have done it. Uh, why, it's uh, why it's okay to shout Gypo at the grounds. Um, oh, that's gone. I know it's tongue in cheek, but I still cringe a bit when it's shouted. So that word now affects somebody. Yeah. Never yeah. thought about it before. No. I personally yeah. never, you know, 
and and we, golly, there's players have just come on and gone, Jippo, Jippo, and I've never yeah. thought that that affects somebody. Yeah. That one small mm-hmm. word, and it's. Is it safe to say that times have changed, Nick? That's that's kind of calling his race out, isn't it? Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's difficult. It's difficult. Mm. Well, I don't envy you, Stuart. No. Oh no, and that, and that's where obviously there's going to be some work around education, uh, mm. and obviously a lot of preventative work trying to educate people around certain words, certain sayings, how it affects people. Um, I'm hoping over time people will obviously be able to identify what hate crime is and and as you, as you said Nick be able to then challenge it and report it somebody else has just written you know what what is actually a hate crime i mean i've i've, I've look i've done that and I, I, the young man there has just written in and said you know what i cringe when you do that and i'm thinking to myself no eek you know i've just yeah, i've actually yeah. somebody i don't want to do that yeah. and a lot yeah, of people yeah. I've, a lot of people i've spoken to a like a hate crime. Does that mean you hate crime? It doesn't really. The wording doesn't. Yeah, no, I know. Right. No, no. no yeah. I, I mean, a hate crime is any any criminal offence that is perceived by the victim of that crime or another person, and it, to be motivated by hostility or prejudice. And for West Midlands Police, when we work with CPS, we base it on five key strands, and the first one is race, religion, disability gender ID and sexual orientation. Those, those are the five key strands. That's interesting. And, and, if they, and if they're used in, you know, real simple terms, if someone is subject of any crime and they deem it to be motivated by one of those five key strands, it will come become a hate crime. So, Obviously, so we will then, we will then collate the evidence to back up or support the, the hate crime element of it. So what if I said to you, we, we would, you know, have to come and say, oh, you're a big woman. Is that a hate crime? Yeah, if someone perceives it, yeah. But you mean? It's how you perceive it, yeah. Where, where is yeah, it? It's how that victim... Now, that's not, I'm not saying that would then go to court as a, a hate crime offence, because obviously we'd have to look into the evidence, but it would certainly be recorded if that victim perceives it to be based. And I think the other that. thing to, to understand is that the police don't have authority to charge, if that makes sense. Anything hate crime crime has to go to the Crown Prosecution Service. So oh, right. everything Stu deals with goes to the Crown Prosecution Service for them to make that decision, which delays the whole process even more. You're talking normally a 28-day turnaround from CPS. Um, so say, don't do anything, then you're stuck, really, aren't you? You guys, you guys are pretty... You, you can't really do a great deal, can you? You know, in, in, in real terms. Martin, was what was it like in your day? Did you... Did you um, uh, see any racism uh, back in you know the nineties and that? <clears throat> I mean, there's always. I mean, everyone knows there's um, always been a problem, and like you say, everyone thought it was getting better. I think social media's mm. Um, mm. it's a different platform. So I w- I'm quite glad that social media wasn't a big thing until the, the end of my career. Really, um, <clears throat> I didn't really go on it. I went on Twitter for a bit. I got a bit of stick. I came off it. That was it. I, I wasn't that bothered about it at all. Mm. Um, I think that, yeah, I, I think that there's there's a there's a lot of work needs to be done. I think nowadays, I think education's a big thing. Like you mentioned, I think education's huge. One thing I do know is when they used to come around. So the first thing that people were worried about in the authorities was actually footballers on social media. They 
came round and said what we could do, what we could say, what was what was a hate crime. They they educated us very early doors of it because the the first things that got in the media was what footballers were saying on it. Um, it's a it's a lot rarer now. I think they're, they're much better educated, and I think that the um, <clears throat> I think for education, the first thing they said to us was. The, the two words, social media, I think everyone just assumes it's, it's social. It's what you say to your friends. It's not. It's not just for footballers who are in the limelight. It's anyone. It's media. It's what would you say if the sun yeah. came up and given you an interview? Would you say that? And they're like, well, surely, no, of course I wouldn't. But why do you do it on social media then? So it's mm. that part of the education. And I think schools do it a lot more now. I think that everyone's more aware. I think in grounds, like you say, you, you would film someone that's more socially aware. I think everybody's aware of that now. So... I think that more people will do it and you won't get frowned on for filming someone. So I think things have changed. I think when footballers, uh, when fans are back in the stadium, I think it'll be different as well. I think it will have raised awareness, which is the main thing. And that's where that's what you want to keep raising. Yeah. Obviously, to drive a car, you need a license, don't you? You need to pass a test. What what, what, what other social medias do something? companies do something similar to that like you need a license to be able to yeah. you know set up an online account with the likes of twitter facebook and and, and instagram yeah i think when you look at uh, obviously if you were to apply for a mortgage you'd, you'd have to uh, you know provide some form of ident- identity to get that mortgage yeah good sure. um, and and that that information's kept safe it's stored you know it's not passed out to to people so i think there's a strong argument there in my own opinion for uh, ID, driving license, I've got national yeah. insurance mm. numbers, NHS numbers, something that identifies that individual person. So, you know, yeah. if, if they do go online and start hurling abuse at someone, we can do a really quick investigation. They can be identified very, very quickly. And I'm pretty certain if people have got to provide ID, they'll be thinking twice about starting to abuse, as mm. I say, not just footballers, but abuse generally yeah. on social media because a lot of these offences wouldn't happen in the street. They wouldn't go no. up to that person no. and start racially abusing like, like them. Like you say, you know, you, 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 your key here is, would you say it to somebody who's giving you a job interview? No, and they that, wouldn't. that's it. You know, yeah. when when it's you that wants something, you'll be nice as pie. Yeah. Mm. yeah. You wouldn't say, you wouldn't say to that, they wouldn't say to that person's face either. Yeah, a really difficult one to broach this one, guys, and, yeah, and, and I appreciate what you're saying to us. Interesting. And um, I just don't know. I don't know the answers. We, you know, if we knew the answers, we'd tell you what the answers were. But you know, mm. we're scratching our heads, I think, as well. To be fair, yeah. yeah. You know, and yeah. I think it's whether it's got worse with no fans. Our fa- is it easier to watch on the TV? And, and I think there was one recently. Literally, um, this lad had put on Twitter. He racially abused a player, all through the fact that he'd lost a load of money on a bet. Because he'd missed, you know, he'd missed a chance, whatever. And I think it's come to the forefront probably because there are no fans inside the stadium. Mm. Um, yeah, but then who put that money on the bet? Oh, yeah, yeah. Who put the money no. on the bet? I did, right? Yeah. He's willing to lose that money, no matter what. Yeah, yeah. No but matter so, what. So <laughs> why, why does he even think it's all right to then go and race the abuse that footballer? Like you say, he wouldn't that go down to the ground and... Lost his money. Uh, yeah. Because he didn't know, get it. Yeah. Mm, I tell yeah, you I what, these oh, sponsored by football. I've never gambled in my life. I think that's <laughs> the main thing. When so when footballers talk about social media, they, that's what they say. They say when I come out the ground, everyone's nice as pie. Everyone wants my signature. Everyone said great game. 
and then you they'll go home and read the exact opposite, probably from the same people, yeah, which yeah. is a, yeah. like bewildering, isn't it? There was it when when I was at Watford, there was a guy and he used to stand at the top of the tunnel and walk down to the car park with every player that came out the ground, and he used to tell you how bad you were. Um, everything that you nice done, <laughs> it was great. and you used to literally walk down and go, "You were awful today. You did this." Was, <laughs> El- was it Elton John? It wasn't Elton John. <laughs> it was. It, it was oh. refreshing, and um, and everyone used to take it in great heart. And he, he wasn't annoyed. He just used to say, oh, "Yeah, yeah, you, that, that goal was all your fault." Um, I'm going to tell Lloyd exactly the same when he comes down now, and it was quite refreshing. And you don't because he's telling you to your face and. Yeah, he, he did it in the right manner. I mean, whether you agree with that oh. or not, but it's totally different. It's it's the anonymity of it. It's simply in the keyboard, people don't like it. Nobody ever has. It's it's secretive. It's it's a human trait that nobody's ever liked, and it's just manifested in a different way now. Right, right. Okay. just on the back uh, of that. Sorry, I'll just speaking to players. They they openly say playing mm-hmm. football. I expect to you know be criticised about my performance. Um, you know something I've done wrong, but. I don't expect to be abused because of different colour or I've got a different background or a certain religion. Yeah. And, you know, that's that's where the line's crossed. Um, yeah. I think every footballer, you know, they accept criticism of some form. Can I just thank that man uh, who was coloured in Burton Hospital who fixed my two hernias for four weeks ago, five weeks ago. Can I thank I've got to publicly thank him. I shook his hand afterwards. Thank you very much, sir. Really, really interesting comment coming in here from Alan Watton. Um, who I know is one I used to sit right behind him. It's St Andrews in the cup. Um, he just put, I used the phrase, he wants shooting on Twitter and was banned for 48 hours. I'm a 70-year-old reasonable person. I regret saying it now. Why aren't the real villains dealt with? Um, and that is spot on. And I can vouch for that as well. I sat behind Alan for years in the cup. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. But it's, I mean, yeah. Mm. stuff's getting reported to like your Twitters, your Instagrams, and they won't take that post down straight away. I don't know why they say it's not violating their terms, but someone who puts a comment like that or a music video that's copyrighted, it gets taken down instantly. Yeah. 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 Or a DJ. DJs obviously get clamped down, don't they, for streaming live? Yeah, yeah. 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 So it can be done. It can be done and it can be done easily. Mm. The technology's there. Yeah, we just need to keep banging the drum to the social media companies. He wants shooting a seventy-two hour ban for he wants shooting. Yeah. Uh, you know, and this is where it's going to get sticky, Stuart, in your in your job, mate, because it's it's in what context has this been said? Oh, he needs to shot that guy, and like it's just like doesn't mean to say that I've got a pistol under my pillow and I'm actually going to go and shoot him, right? Yeah. And, and are we are we? Have we, since the 70s, 80s, 90s, 1000s and now, have we gone too politically correct in everything? In everything, yeah? It's, it's, got, to be it's, per- it's got to be the way it's perceived, though, isn't it? We didn't get diseases when we was kids. It's no. We used to play in the mud. Yeah. Look at us now. We're, look well. us now. we're a picture of health. <coughs> Nothing yeah. was sanitised. <laughs> and I tell you what, if a kid had chicken pox, you had to go to their house. <laughs> you did, that's right, yeah. Chicken pox party. Chicken pox party, remember them. Do you know, I think the world's gone completely and utterly the wrong way. Yeah. Lack mm. of discipline in schools, lack of discipline from parents, which I blame myself for because mine are now second generation from down from then. And when I was dragged up in the 60s, I was dragged up with holes in my shoes and I've, I've, I've probably still got a pair of my brother's shoes here somewhere, to be fair. Yeah. And everything I had was handed down, and there were three above me. So you can imagine the state of my clothes when I got hold of them. Yeah. Never had nothing new. Right? They, were, so, they were all girls. Then we had these affluent <laughs> times in the 80s where we were earning shed loads of money, 
giving the kids this, giving them that, buying them computers, taking them to Florida. And they then have got kind of spoiled. And everybody around them saying, you can't do this, you can't do that, clean this, clean that, take away the cane at school, da-da-da-da-da. And, and now we've just become this society which is like, I don't know. Broken. It's, it's a broken society. It's broken. And I don't think it's fixable, Stuart. I don't think it's fixable. No, no, probably right. No, no, different generation, far. different generations. Mm. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. The, but I, had, I had a little, I had a little disagreement with one of my daughter's teachers at Sports Day a couple of summers ago because I was like, she was, she was in a race and she was in second mm. place, and I was like, go on, go on, go on, and, <sighs> I really wanted her to, and I really wanted her to win. Yeah, and like the one teacher said to me, it's all about taking part yeah, nowadays. I had that. And, I, and I'm like, and I'm like, I just couldn't disagree with that more. But that's just me. So yeah. I was yeah. brought up. I had exactly the same. Yeah. Exactly the same. And, and uh, Martin, yeah, is it, is it fair to say, Martin, if you haven't got a competitive side in, in, in you, you wouldn't make it as a professional footballer, would you really? Yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, you have to. I mean, all the lads who go into football, any sport, they've probably played other sports in their life as well. They just want to win. That's why every training session, you just come with bumps and bruises because yeah. it's a game or training or whatever. Um, but yeah, no, you need that. You need a competitive edge. You need to be able to, whether it's that, whether it's, like you said before, going for a job interview, you need a competitive edge if you, if you want to get ahead. But I, I don't know. I think, <laughs> I think it's everyone's got their own opinion on it. And I think that from the teacher's point of view, they just want to keep everybody and keep everybody happy. And you can kind of understand to a certain extent, but it's, uh, yeah, for me personally, I want to win. That's it. I won't won't even let my wife beat beat me at FIFA. That's how bad I am. You mean she does? I was in the army. Now, I would like to go back and see what one day's worth of basic. I couldn't. I couldn't jump over the oots and whatever you know, anymore. I couldn't do it. But I'd like to go back and see what basic training is like now, 2021, compared to what it was like in 1978. Yeah, mm. and uh, when we were told to jump, it was how high. You didn't answer back. You didn't. Um, there was things going on called bee stings. I don't know whether anybody's aware of them, but, you know, yeah, if somebody yeah, smelt, they'd yeah. shove them in the bath or bleach on them and yeah, rub them down yeah, with yeah. bass brooms. And and, and and all these things went on, right? Great you know what? The camaraderie was still there afterwards, yeah? And um, I, I, there was everybody in our billet, right? Because one person, one person's ironing wasn't absolutely perfect. We all had to go out with our own toothbrushes and sweep the parade ground. Could you imagine mm. that nowadays? No. Imagine the, the, the sergeant. I mean, look, you see all the regiments and, and, and that on TV, and I know they're perfect, and there's nobody in the in the world that can do it like this country does. Nobody. I don't care what you, or who you are. But that military precision in this country is absolutely second to none. But I do wonder whether, again, we've gone through the soft approach. Can you imagine this drill sergeant? Attention, please. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. We've had a few um Chris, we've had a few live questions coming in for Martin, if I may. Um I have I've kept them in my mind. I've scrolled down now and gone, but yeah. one of one earlier, Martin, was Stephen Gill was asking, what was your um what was your favourite game in the blue shirt? Favourite game? Oh, that's obviously the promotion one's always good. Um, the one, I think Newcastle away in the cup replay, winning five-one up at St James's. Oh, yeah. Got to be my favourite. Had a few few <laughs> was... in the stand up there, and I think um, I had for some reason I had a look at the team the other day. I always had the impression that Newcastle played a bit of a weekend team, but I don't think they did. I think maybe they had no. one or two out, and um, we were having a good. I mean, we we're obviously only in the championship at the time. Newcastle doing all right in the prem, 
And um, we we were starting to play really well that season, kind of rolling into having a really good stint, which ended up getting us promoted. But yeah, everything came together in that game, and yeah, it was a, it was a really good one. So probably probably that one just for personal reasons. Yeah, I've yeah. got I've got, a, I've got a couple as well, Paul. Can I? Uh, yeah, go um, on. Yeah, go on. Kevin says I met I met Martin in town in 2012. He was with Ben Foster and Mike Taylor. Uh, I came over for a photo. Such a pleasure to meet them all. And Martin says, can Martin tell us what his feelings were when Arlene went, oh, when Wenger spouted off about him being banned for good after you had unfortunately broken Eduardo's leg? Yeah, um, I mean, having that said, was it was difficult. It was really difficult. So w- one of the things about that whole situation was, obviously, it was... Um, it was it was hard from the start, but mm. it was the fact that you kind of speak to people and, and they always say, uh, "I'll be fine. It'll be like yesterday's news. It'll be obviously." I wasn't that used to being any sort of like news. I mean, front page news at one point. Um, I wasn't used to that. I wasn't even used to being on the back page. I was kind of like in a small one line in a column, a few pages in. So I wasn't used to that sort of attention. And people said, it'll go away, it'll go away, it'll kind of, it'll be the next thing. It's like tomorrow's um, chip papers and all that. And it didn't because people kept saying things all the time. So I think obviously Wenger saying that at first and he he was obviously emotional at the time, but it really, really didn't help me because, I mean, you say about what I was going to mention before about social media, I got letters. (laughs) The, The same people who are saying that, now, so seeing the things now, sent me letters back then, and I think Birmingham vetted quite a lot, but I did still get quite a few, and mm. they, were, they were as bad as you can imagine, and that's for nobody else to see as well. That's just for me to see. So there are people who who are willing to to kind of make you feel as bad as they want you to for mm. for their game, not even for anyone to see. Um, but yeah, it was that. It was I think Seth Blatter um, came out and said something. I think. Um, uh, the man you assistant manager, Quiros, said something and it, it just continued and continued. So it was difficult for me, but especially difficult for my family as well. Oh, um, they, they took it quite hard. I, I, I was fortunate to be able to go into football and, and have a laugh with the lads about it. And mm. they would kind of go, I've oh, seen what's been said and have a laugh. My family didn't have that. So, um, yeah, the whole situation was difficult. But yeah, what Fenger said <laughs> didn't help at nah, all. I can imagine. I can imagine. Uh, Lee mm. says, uh, BBC's Social Matthew media rights don't... nowadays haven't got to buy a stamp, have they? <laughs> they, <weren't, sorry. laughs> oh, they don't have to buy stamp. There was actually some that were uh, not just stamped. There were some were franked from the place of work as well, which was always quite really. Lee says uh, BBC's match of the day did a close up of my flag I made for Martin in the following ma- uh, match after the Eduardo incident, and Gary Lineker referred to it as the start of the game introduction too. It was also in the evening mail and national papers. I was well chuffed that they highlight, highlighted our support for him after all the media slating he took for it was totally unwarranted and undeserved. Keep right on, Martin, says Lee. Brilliant. You know, that's another thing as well. The, the, from that day, Birmingham fans have been absolutely fantastic. Every time anyone sees us, the law was loads of support had loads of support at the time and ever since so it's one thing I'm, I'm hugely thankful for and i still live in the area and um it's mm. it's it, not obviously one of the reasons but it's it is a reason that the, the people have been always fantastic with us so yeah mm. i do have to thank everyone for that don't pick the accent up yeah i haven't picked the accent up i'm <laughs> trying not to pick the accent up is that should, should we say that i don't know well you're probably the end i enjoyed <laughs> I enjoyed the end of that game when we got that last-minute penalty and McFadden yeah. buried 
Yeah, the, the boys did really well because it, it was about, I think it was only about the fourth minute or something in Arsenal at that time were uh, they were very good sides. So, um, yeah, I think that derailed them a little bit. But I think, yeah, yeah, the boys did great for the rest of the game. Yeah. Even even um, even Fabregas called us a rugby team afterwards, didn't they? He said, yeah. "Oh, they're like a rugby team." <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's, it's it's I mean, Arsenal have got the the better teams. They'll do that. Yeah, they've they've got the ball more. They probably draw more fouls. But it, it happens that there'll be players on either side who who commit fouls. And I think it's just yeah, you, you kind of say that as a player because you don't know what's going to what's happen, what you might do the next game. I think it's really difficult. Mm. And and who was your club growing up? And who was your football hero as a child? Uh, club growing up was Newcastle um, until kind of probably till the Keegan Revolution, really, and more so because he couldn't get a ticket to go and watch them. So until Keegan Except the beat on five one, uh, yes, yeah. uh, no, well, that's why. That's why I was. But, that's why you uh, enjoyed it, yeah, yeah. That's why I enjoyed it, yeah. So I, st- I still follow Newcastle, but yeah, Newcastle when I was growing up. But I always like Tony Adams as I was defender growing up. I obviously, like the the, the flair players, you always uh, look for the fair players, but. I think Tony Allen was great to watch. He was so good at what Brilliant. he did. Yeah. He was um, ability to kind of control the back four and, and kind of just, it was, I used to watch him just like move the team up and down the pitch and think, yeah, he's, he's a great player. So yeah, Tony Allen. It'd be worth, it'd, it'd be worth a hell of a amount today, oh, wouldn't it? When you think, yeah, I mean, I mean Maguire's a good player, but 80 million, 80 million for yeah. Maguire. What would Tony Adams be worth now? Yeah, well, it's, it's, when, when you watch players, centre-backs, are, uh, it's a funny breed, and quite often they don't have to be the most athletic. So you've got your Rio Ferdinands, you've got your, your players who, I, I mean, Tyrone Mings is like that, um, if the other team. Um, they're, they're fantastic athletes, um, but you've also, you can have, say, Harry Maguire, yeah, he's, 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 he's quick enough, but you look at that, you're Tony Adams, you're John Terry. John Terry had a fantastic career without any pace, really, at yeah. all. He could yeah. control a game with his mouth. He could get everyone to do what he wanted to do. Yeah. And he obviously had his attributes as a defender as well. So, yeah, I think it's it's a huge part of being a defender. Well, Kenny yeah, Cunningham was all out, wasn't he? Yes. Yeah, Kenny and was. Bruce, and Bruce, you were. And Bruce, you were. I'm going to do my 92 second ice challenge in a couple of minutes, guys. Um, Someone's just preparing the uh, the cold stuff for me. Can't wait. Uh, uh, and it's on behalf of Motor Neurone Disease. And what you've got to do, Brilliant. once you've done your 92 seconds, right, you've got to give Auntie Linda a fiver, okay, okay towards yeah, yeah, yeah. the court. So yeah, it's yeah. going to cost you a fiver, right? But we want them all on video. So it's not about chucking, you know, a, a, a quick bucket of ice over your head. This is 92 seconds in, in freezing ice, okay? So... Uh, I should be doing that in a couple of minutes' time. Now, okay. in the meantime, in the meantime, going back to our friends at West Midlands Police, do you think the mainstream media have a massive or a, a bigger part to play in this uh, anti-racism thing? And do you think sometimes, do you think sometimes they possibly highlight it too much and people get kind of blasé with it? I don't know. Hmm. I think, from my own point of view, I think the media do highlight it. Um, obviously, when there's a professional player within the professional game, it, it's plastered all over the newspapers straight away. And that probably paints a picture that there's a bigger problem within the game that there probably is. I think the issues are, and they're un, unreported, are your, your semi-pro games, your grassroots, yeah, yeah. Uh, your, your kids' football. That's, that's going on, but that's not being reported. So the media, when they're reporting it, they're, they're obviously reporting that, your Premier League players in and it appears to be a bigger issue than probably what it is at that level. Um, 
and your stuff at grassroots is, is unheard of. It doesn't get reported, and there are bigger problems at that level. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. What what else can the media do? Do you think mainstream media like the, like the newspapers, uh, you know, the news, um, radio, educate? We, we talk about education. Uh, work with us and, and, and allow us to, to get that message across around educating people. The, the media have such a massive reach to people and, you know, talk newspapers. The media do a lot on social media. They, you know, they, they can reach all around the world with just their their own platforms and we, we could use them to, to get the education message across. Um, you, you look at Sky Sports now, like Soccer Saturday or something, you look at the panel now compared to what the panel was five, ten years ago, yeah. and I think yeah. Sky Sports have have really um, sort of progressed forward, haven't they? You know, if you look now, who, who's on those panels on a on a Saturday, Sunday afternoon with the football, mm-hmm. and everything Sky Sports News are doing, they are really pushing it, aren't they, at the moment? Yeah. Um, a lot, lot more than some of the other outlets. I, don't, I, don't, I can't be too outspoken on this one because, like, number one, I think I think taking the knee is just at its day, right? That's at its day. It's done. It's finished, right? Um, number two, for me, right? You know what? If you're top notch at your job, I'm with an employer. I couldn't care whether you're black, white, or or whatever. It doesn't make any difference to me. But you've got to be the best to be part of my team. End of. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you look, you look at the newspapers and you look recently with the, the Super League and and across all the Sky Sports, BBC, BT, all the pundits, everyone was involved. It had a massive, with what, two or three days, the movement it had. You had supporters protesting outside grounds. Yeah. That's the kind of coverage the media can 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 push out to people, the message that they can get across. Now, I'm not saying, like, in terms of hate crime, people should turn up at grounds and protesting, but the media can get that message out in, in terms of education. Mm-hmm. They, they can really push that out to people and, and get that across. And okay. it's important so to do. We're educating people as well. We're having a debate, yeah, and, and it's, a, it's a proper debate, but we're also educated. And I've been educated about that gypsy comment earlier. Yeah. Right? You know what, genuinely, I never thought about it. Never thought about it. Right, anyway, you can probably all see the ice. What I'm going to do with this after my feet have been in it is put it back in some bags and shove it back in the freezer. <laughs> <laughs> can't waste, Paul, you can't waste. All right, who's timing? Who's who's going to be the timer? Uh, Mrs Brown? You turned the camera around and disappeared. <laughs> He's probably going to book it. You've got to watch on you, Paul. Yeah, hang on. Right, 92 second countdown on your on your on your watch. No swearing there. No, I won't be saying any bad words whatsoever, I promise you. Um Craig Courtney's asked a couple of times. Um ask Wardy if he's looking forward to the, the Derby next season. <laughs> Say that again, sorry, bro. Oh, Craig Courtney's asked a couple of times if you're looking forward to the Derby next season. Six points for the Albion. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm very looking forward to it. Well, 92 seconds, tell me when. Okay, you 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 got your feet in? All right, okay. No, nope. nope. there they are. Okay, I'll start in five seconds, then one, two, three, four, 
Go then. No. It's a long time though, isn't it? What are we going to do while he's doing it? Oh, <laughs> yeah, Martin, tell us, tell us the best play you've ever played against in your whole career while he's doing that. Best player I play against. When I get yeah. asked this one, I always go with uh, Dennis Bergkamp, who was... Oh, uh, what, a, what a player he was. Yeah, he, was a... <laughs> he, he was a great player, but he also had an edge as well. So I remember, I remember um, playing a game down there with Blackburn, and he, I think he elbowed, I think it was Johansson was playing set and I think he gave him an elbow off the ball. And we just had a scrap all game, and he was like, he mixed it up as well. So not only was he, he had the ability, he was, he was tough as well. Oops. Mr. Shane, keep around that clock. <laughs> you, have to, you have to move the ice around. I've done enough ice baths in my time. You have to keep moving around, else you, you don't feel it. You don't after get the you, benefit. I'm after you. <laughs> <laughs> Where there's no sense. Hello, Martin, can I ask you a question? Yeah. On, yeah. You know, when you sign for Blues, yeah. Obviously, there's, there's a lot around initiation songs. Did you yeah. have to do an initiation song? And if so, what was it? Yeah, I did, yeah. I'm always intrigued to know. Yeah. Go on, go on. Go on. Uh, did, every time I did one, I always did Mr. Bright. Because oh. it's just... It's, 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 you don't have to sing. 15 seconds, Nick. 15 seconds. You literally just... 15 shout, seconds! <laughs> I'm going to die! <laughs> God! God! <laughs> we'll start timing it now. That's a hate crime, Brownie. Happy <laughs> <laughs> now, happy now. Okay, done. All done. He's done it. He's done it. Well done, Nick. Anybody want to borrow this bucket? <laughs> I've got my own. Uh, should we get Sharon to do the same? I wonder. Yeah, I said, yeah, 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 yeah. She's run up with the ice. Look, she's gone. <laughs> You were talking about initiation songs. Yeah, yeah. Best, best one I heard was Andy Weiman when he signed at Watford <laughs> and he sang the Austrian national anthem in the most Mochinaga <laughs> accent you could ever imagine. <laughs> and it was brilliant. I, I mean, he did the full thing and everyone's just on the floor. It was absolutely magic. Yeah, yeah. We better get on to your 1 to 11, hadn't we, as well? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And also, yeah. as well, we've got to do the U. Yep, I've got that all lined up for whenever you want uh, to do Yeah, it. didn't you say you were doing that 15 minutes in, Mr. Uh, uh, producer? Sorry. So again, Nick? <laughs> <laughs> didn't you say on, 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 on the online chat the other day he was going to do that 15 minutes in? Yeah. <laughs> I'll do the U 15 minutes in. <laughs> for, uh, well, what are we? An hour and seven minutes later. And he's, you've only got one job. I know, yeah. I'm, I'm ready. Just, yeah, I'm man. a bucket of ice. I'm ready. <laughs> do, you want, do you want to go for it, Paul? What should we do first? Should we do the 1 to 11 or the U? I'm not fussing. Do you want to 11, Paul? Go on. Go on then, go on then Martin. Give us your 1 to 11, mate. I'll have to remember them now. Um, goalkeeper, Mike. Mike Taylor. Um, uh, fantastic keeper. Obviously, uh, loads of games for Northern Ireland as well, but fantastic shot stopper. Um, yeah. I mean, great saving for Birmingham, but a great guy as well. So, um, Mike and Nets. Uh, gone for right back, gone for Stephen Kelly. Yeah. Mr. Consistent, which is massive mm. for being a right back, but um, really quick up and down the line. Um and yeah, good going forward, but really consistent at the back as well. Left back, I've cheated a bit and I put Liam Ridgewell in left back. He, I know he played, he's probably a centre back more so, but he did play left back a bit as well. Um, he, yeah, again, really oh, he, played a lot, he played a lot of games at left back to be he fair. Played, yeah, Ridgewell. yeah, later on he was at Birmingham as well, but yeah. um, he, he just had a knack being in the right place at the right time. Yeah, again, probably not the quickest of players, but um, knew how to be a defender, uh, got, got goals and yeah, did a really good job for the team. So um, Ridge at left back um, centre back gone for Jaidi 
Um, love playing with Jaidi, uh, probably my favourite centre-back partner at Blues. Uh, he was just, he was fantastic in the air. Always took pressure off you. The ball covered yeah. the box. You knew he was just going to smash it a mile. Uh, but just really good player. Um, mm. Just really, really calm and great presence back there. Um, besides, uh, Roddy, I've got Kenny Cunningham. Um, like I mentioned before, great. Um, um, love being with Jaidi. Uh, probably favourite centre-back partner at Blues. Have I gone? Heard, you, right? heard you again there somewhere. No, you're, you're still there. Still there. I thought it was, wasn't it? I started hearing myself. I started hearing myself. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's weird, isn't it? Strange. Yeah, so centre back with Ridey have gone uh, for JD. I've gone for um, Kenny Cunningham, who was um, he was just great to be around. Even even when I signed, I was twenty four, and I still learned a lot off him. I learned how to win a header without having to jump as well, which Kenny never ever did. He just won everything and never jumped. But um, just great around the I've actually gone for um somebody else's captain but probably should go for Kenny's captain because he he was I mean he got the nickname of Arthur Scargill because he, he could just he he, <laughs> he was um yeah he, he got in everything and he could yeah if the, if the lads and he did something off the gaffer you knew who to get who to go to to get it so he was uh, yeah yeah I love Kenny um, yeah fabulous player Kenny Cunningham love watching yeah, him yeah no he's great um right right midfield Seb Larson what a player uh, came in from Arsenal. Um, I mean, he, he just had a bit of everything <coughs> pace, he could beat players, could put a great ball in, dead balls. Um, pr- I mean, probably underrated for. I mean, I know he played a lot for Sweden, he played World Cup quarterfinals, but still mm. a bit underrated. I thought he was a, a fantastic talent. Uh, left side, I've got for McSheffrey. Um, I think, uh, like I was mentioning uh, the guys before, I think sometimes when you when you choose teams like this it's difficult for who you leave out the team I think when I was at Birmingham I played with some really good players but I think McSheffrey had a really really good spell when the Esbrook got promoted and for a, a good part of the season he he showed I mean some real class he was um, very good player and I think just put him in for that I think um, yeah, great left foot and he got some really important goals as well um, in midfield gone for Stephen Clements and Damien Johnson so two of my mates in there I think that um, work rate of, of Jamie Johnson was, was incredible. I think I think he yeah. got. I think I, I might be wrong, but he got player of the season one of the years in the Prem, and he really deserved it. He was head and shoulders above everyone else, yeah. uh, and a lot of ability. But yeah, work rate huge. But Stephen Clemens gone for the captain. Just everyone loves Clemens. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to the two when he steps out from underneath Brucey, which I'm sure he will one day. And he's a manager himself, and I think he'll be really good. I think. I'm hoping you'll see. They what all he's he's one of them guys. When you, you can see it, you can see he likes a Jordan Henderson and stuff like that. They they've got a real aura around them in the dressing room, and, and Clements had that. But people just uh, really looked up to him for for what he said. But and on the pitch, uh, fantastic player as well. Yeah, uh, up front, gone for Heskey, and um, I've gone for Kevin Phillips. So um, just well, for, for for real quality. Same. I mean. Kev, Kev Phillips just literally the best goal scorer I've, I've seen or played against. Fantastic. You could, in that six years you was with us, you could pick easily three teams that would do really well in the Premier League. Yeah, I did actually look through before, but when you when I got asked to do it, I did actually go through some... T- I, I had to look back. Obviously, all, all the news, but I had to go through the teams just to make sure I wasn't massively missing out anyone. And I was thinking, yeah, like, I mean, there's some, there's some really, like I was saying before, obviously for sale, you've got like Muzzy, is it, midfield? You've got some, you've got Stan Lazaridis. Do you know what I mean? Going back, there's there's some really Robbie really, Savage, Robbie, Robbie Savage. Savage. Yeah, there's some really talented players in there. Mm. I think that I, I picked my team more so on 
the times probably when I was playing more so when when we had influential times at the club, like when we got promoted. So maybe yeah, yeah. not the Premier League teams, but we had a really good time in the championship sometimes. So yeah, so gone for a bit of a mix, but yeah, I think they would give any of the teams a match. No, good good side, yeah, very good. And it, it would be yeah, captain, sorry. Uh, gone for Clemens captain, but probably yeah, looking either him or Ken um would be yeah, yeah like I say Clemens has just got that um this the respect of all the players. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and the manager as well, uh, Steve Bruce. I mean, Steve Bruce. Yeah, Steve Bruce. Yeah, in Birmingham, I was quite settled and compared a lot of times in my career where it kind of managed just come and go. Bruce, he was there most time. Obviously, McLeish, I thought did a really good job as well. I like both of them. I think Bruce is and still is. You see, you see him at Newcastle now. He's got. He's just very, very good man management. He's just very good with it. You can see, um, it's it's not easy. It's 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 not easy to be manager that many games in the Premier League and he's done it and it's because he's got some really good attributes and um, and they come through. So, yeah. 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 I've always yeah. said that. I've always said that we had the best of him though as a manager in his early yeah, we, 40s when he yeah, first came in. Probably yeah. that, that, first, that, that first three or four years, mm. you know, I remember we, obviously, you know, we beat them up the road like yeah. four times on the trot and I think we beat, uh, we beat Stu's team as well. I remember 4-0 at home as well and, yeah. You know, some great, some I think we, sl- I think we slaughtered them, didn't we? Yeah, I think we slaughtered them. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So, um, I've just got and then, so, so what we do now, Martin, what we do now Hang is on, Paul. Hang on, Paul. Hang on, Paul. I've got to put in quickly while I remember this, mate. I've got to now nominate somebody to do the 92 second ice bucket challenge, right? It's got to be pure ice, no water. We don't mess about it. That was pure ice, wasn't it? Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm nominating every single person on Zoom tonight <laughs> to do the 92-second ice bucket challenge. And I want the videos uploaded to the Tilt and Talk page before next Monday. Okay? Ooh, I'll give it a go. I'll give it a go. Taylor, who, who, you know, tried to diss me earlier, right? You guys be <laughs> I'm not moving my feet around in it. <laughs> <laughs> Most importantly, we've got to donate a fiver to Auntie Linda. Uh, you can you can pass it on to Chris or or, or or whoever you know within the within the show, and uh, let's let's start raising this money. And Stuart and uh, Colin, over to you two gentlemen. Once you've done it and posted it, I want you to then yeah. nominate the whole of West Midlands Police. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's only a couple of them, isn't there? The whole... I'll start by nominating the rest of the football office, <laughs> and we'll the take it from there. Med- there's your challenge, Colin, right? I've known you now, what, five, six years or so. There's your challenge, mate. I tell you, you have to personally nominate everybody in West Midlands Police to do the two-second challenge in pure ice, and it's a fiver for Linda's course. Now, come on, let's raise her some money. Let's, she, she, this woman does so much for everybody else, right, all the time. She does so much for everybody else. And I know it's incredibly sad that her brother-in-law passed away with this horrible disease. So let's, let's give her something back. Let's give Auntie Linda... Sum it back tonight. The whole of West Midlands Police. Is it challenge on Colin or not? Yeah, I think I'm not sure if you realised it. They former I'm sorry, I'm, I'm sure the first word you said was yeah. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. However, <laughs> I don't know if you're aware, but the former ACC, Chris Johnson, who's, um, who's now left West Midlands Police, um, is, is the same as well. Mm. Um, he's doing the um, the ice bucket challenge and he's passed it on to other um, senior sort of Officers at West Midlands Place who are doing that at the moment. Excellent. Okay, brilliant, 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 brilliant. Excellent, wonderful. You know what? And, and Chris will back me up, and the, 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 the and the team, and every single listener. Linda does so much for mm. everybody else she all does. of the time. 
she works with Excessive Blue. She raises money for PTSD. She, she's done. She's had her head shaved. You know what? I mean, she, uh, mm. She's brilliant. Mm. But let's do some. Let's give some look back. Yeah. And considering so how old she is as well, Nick. Nick, isn't it? Consider- then don't forget Chris <laughs> can, Brown. Can, yeah. Considering how old she is, Robe. Yeah. You all have to nominate somebody else. Okay. okay. And that's so. That's how. It's not a trend, Martin. Of ex blues players, you get ex blues players to do for Martin. Not a trend. Martin. Uh, your challenge is to get as many ex-Blues players to do the 92-second ice hockey <laughs> challenge as you possibly can do. No, 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 no. It's, it's a 92 five, seconds, Nick. I, can't, I, counted to, I counted to 95 seconds. I thought it was you said 95. No wonder my feet were hurting. Paul. Uh, who? Anyway. Who? Yeah, so what we're going to do now, Martin, we're going to play a little clip for 15 seconds. Yeah. The player that you've played with for us speaking. Yeah. If you think you know who it is, just tell us the first letter of his surname. First letter okay. of um, and then we'll see if our viewers can get it. So, so, here we go then. So, ready? Here we go. I need to be playing. I can't really wait anymore. And basically to my agent and Lee Fowler that I know from Nanita came in contact with uh, Darlo, Darlington. And, uh... You haven't got a clue, have you? <laughs> 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 once yeah, more. Yeah. Uh, once more. Okay. Here we go. I need to be playing. I can't really wait anymore. And basically to my agent and Lee Fowler that I know from Nanita came in contact with uh, Darlo, Darlington. And, uh... <laughs> oh, well, I guessed. You guessed it. Do you know who it is, Paul? Uh, I right, Mark. Mark? Mark? I know, I know it is, yeah. Oh, right, OK. Of course, yeah, yeah. you I'll give you, a, I'll, give a, I'll give a clue. He was, he was a central midfielder and he had a short spell with us. And he wasn't savage. No. <laughs> <laughs> he was angry, but he wasn't savvy. <laughs> I, I can tell that by his accent. No, it's the Darlington bit that's getting me. Say again? It's the Darlington bit that's getting me. Um... Okay, so people, uh, here we go. Uh, Roddy Jardy says Mike. Bruno nope. Ngotti. Uh, a lot of people say nope. Te- Tebley. No. Nope. Gabardini. No. Nope. Nafti. No. Cissé. No. Oh, a lot of people. No, it's not Joe Eady, no. So nah. J- J-O. Uh, Nafti. Think, Nafti, no. Think, no, mid, no. think midfield. <clears throat> midfielder central midfielder midfielder um, Dwight no. York no Mullins no this is going to get you know, I've got it Martin not at all <laughs> no, no. no idea well no. thanks for picking an easy one this this week Paul well done <laughs> well I could put Manchester City one well, I, I say it every week I could make it easy yeah. no 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 this is we've a good got York we've got Mullins no no to either of them yeah. Moamba Fabrice Moamba nope oh. Diop R.I.P nope no, I don't think anyone's going to get it just yet, Paul. Should we move on? Mm. Oh, well, we're into the last 15 minutes. There's only 10 to go, so we're going to have a little bit of a lap right at the end here. <clears throat> and I was going to do this one last week, but it's anything to do with anything you'll find in a zoo and anything to do with football. Anything you'll find in a zoo, Paul Hipkiss has just left. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> to do with football. Anything you'll find in a zoo and anything to do with football. Right, zoo and football. Hmm. Uh, nobody seems to be able to get this one, so I think it's going to run for a bit. Oh, okay, let it run. Can I just ask Martin something? Uh, yep. Martin, what what um sort of memorabilia did you keep from your days at Blues? You kept any shirts or anything? Um, yeah, I've got I've got the, all my blue shirts. I kept, I try to keep like one from every season, so I've got them mm-hmm. up in the loft somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think. I've got I'm trying to think. I've got a few programs, and I've got. Um, I think I've got the program from when, when we went up at Redden, so that's a good one. 
Mm. Um, but yeah, no, not loads of stuff. I've got I don't keep an awful lot of stuff. I got a couple of man man of the match bottles of champagne, which managed to sit on the bench for about five years. So does that count <laughs> vulnerability? I don't know. Five it wouldn't last five years in there. I was gonna say in Nick, <laughs> not in Nick's house, he wouldn't. Excuse me. 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 Yeah, it's good against cup, Yeah, yeah, it's, it was a good one against Reading. Um, I, 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 I only get two. I'm s- according to, according <laughs> to this, unless you can tell, unless Wikipedia is wrong. I scored. Um, I think I got a couple of taken off of the dubious goals panel, which I wasn't happy with. I scored one at Leeds, mm-hmm. where I think I hit the post and hit the keeper in the back of the head and it went in. And oh, I remember they, that. Yeah, they took that. it off us, yeah. and on the same day, Rooney did the same thing and gave it to him. And I remember I wasn't happy about that. <laughs> so, <laughs> Wayne Kangarooney. <laughs> Uh, there you go, started you off. Wayne Kangarooney. Okay, here we go then. Uh, Gary Monk, he. Lionel, oh. Lion El Messi. Lion, Lionel, I like that one. Quadru, Viv Solomon Ottomar. <laughs> <Otterbar. laughs> uh, Jeff Horsfield. Zinedine Zouda. We, we, we don't know if they're doing the last 15 now. We'll try no, to get through that player. Uh, Capo. <laughs> uh, giraffe. I like the Giraffe Horsfield. Yeah, Giraffe, <laughs> giraffe Benitez. I'd have got a, I'd have got a ticket. Tiger Woods. I think Tiger Woods is golf, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think he's, yeah. I'll have to get a ticket. <laughs> yeah. I'll have to get a ticket. Capo. Quincy or Zidane. Zidane. Zidane, yeah. Oh, dear. So nobody's, oh, got, dear. nobody's got the who. Shall I give you another go? Yeah, yeah, I think you better add. Here we go. Well, well, well. I need to be playing. I can't really wait anymore. And basically to my agent and Lee Fowler that I know from Nanita came in contact with uh, Darlo, Darlington. And, uh, mm. You're racking that brain, aren't you, Martin? Hey, I'm just thinking it's the Darlington thing. It's just, I'm thinking who would have gone to Darlington back then? Mm. I've got a clue. Give me another clue. Never played for Darlington. <laughs> Never did. <laughs> no. We've got Bruno and Goatee just coming. <laughs> yeah, Goatee. <laughs> Zola Bears from <laughs> Linda Magna, Chris Chris Rowe, Bruno on Goatee. <laughs> oh God, you lot are mad. You're mad. Oh dear. Alberto. Do you want me to say who he is? I think you better. I don't think it's he's hurting now. He's in pain. He wants to know. <laughs> <laughs> One then, Paul. Okay, it was Kemi Agustian. Uh right, okay. Yeah. Everybody everybody's going. <laughs> Kemi. <laughs> Who was it? Kemi Augustian. Yeah, can you look at that again next week for me, please? Uh, Paul's going. We've got Ed, Ed, Ed Lizard. <laughs> Did you hear? David sorry, Martin. My, my, yep. my Wi-Fi froze. Then. Did you hear that, Martin? Yeah, 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 yeah. We better go to predictions, haven't we, um, Nick? Well, yeah. Last game of the season coming up, and uh, off you go, Mark. Um, nothing to lose. Just go for it. Um, I've got a funny feeling it'll be a draw. Uh, 2 2. 2 oh, 1. I'm so sorry, Mark. The winner's just come in. Mr. Tim Brooks from Faraday, who we had on the show last week. Jack Grealish, cheater. Oh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> that, sir, is quality. Off you go, Mark. Sorry, boys. Sorry, I was, was going to say, um, I think it'll be another draw. 2 2. 2 2. Okay. Pork. 2 1. On blues. I think we'll go back to full strength. Yeah, I think we'll go to full strength. I think I think Leo probably want to finish the season off on a high. Um, I don't blame him for experimenting with the youngsters. All right, I had no issue with the score. Obviously, like to win a game, but like we're safe. We don't care. 
he's got a job to do now. The summer uh, is looming. We've got a job to do because we've only got two more shows to go now before the end of the talk show. We've gone all the way through the COVID uh, era. Uh, hopefully, we've seen the back end of it and we can get ourselves back in the studio soon. Uh, Trevor Smith, 2-3. Paul McCarthy, 2-0. And... Linda Magna is still waiting for a 6-0, especially for Linda Ensor. 1-1 uh, res- from Nigel Mann. Uh, yep, yeah, 1-1 one from Nigel Mann. For me, I don't know. Two, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to go 2-0. West Midlands Police. I think full strength team, Blues win 2-1. If he plays two, the one. team from Saturday, I think they'll lose. Yeah. Take your Albion hat off now, Stuart. Take your Albion hat off, mate. You know what I mean? I'm going to go... <laughs> Yeah, I think Bo's done a great job since he's come in, so I'm going to go 2-0 Blues. Hasn't he just, you know, wow, what what an, what an appointment I made. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I'll be sure some other time, Cap. <laughs> Chris Brown. Uh, yeah, it's all going to be depending on what team he uh, puts out. Um, full strength, I'll go for a 2-1, if not. 2-1. If uh, not, 2-0. Martin Taylor. Yeah, I think uh, Blues win. I think 2-1 sounds good. I think... Um, I think it's it's a it's a big one winning your last game before the break, especially kind of when there's not been loads to play for because you're going you're rolling into the next season. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's such a difference. You go out yeah. on that high, don't you? Yeah, going off on a high, and it really, really does as yeah. well. You kind of go in and change room at the end, and everyone's looking around, going, "Who we got here next year? Oh, we're going to have a chance." And I think what Boy has shown since he's came in is he can really motivate them. They've got some good players in there, and there's not massive margins in the championship. The team's coming down. Um, you're going to look at I don't know about Sheffield United but you're going to look at West Brom and Fulham possibly going to be the strongest after that I mean there's real fine margins in the champ so as long as we do as long as we do Uh, Mark Greaves gone 2-1 Blues Mandy Irvin 1-2 Blues Anthony Anthony Bailey 3-1 loss Linda Magnum 2-1 Blues Steve Portman 0-6 Linda Linda Ensor is up there negotiating now and the reason we say 0-6 and we've said it all season if Birmingham City score six goals Chris Brown has to do a show in the nude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, from the waist up. Sorry, West Midlands Police. Craig's, well, just said, <laughs> Craig's just said, don't forget to mention player of the season. Uh, yes, we're, we're going to launch yeah. that. We're going to launch that tomorrow. Um, uh, talk and talk player of the season. Uh, Craig will give you everybody the details on how to vote tomorrow. Right, come out with a good one, Frank DeBoer. <laughs> yeah. Frank yeah. DeBoer. Somebody, somebody mentioned Martin earlier as well, or asked, "What, what do you think of the defenders we've got nowadays?" Oh yes, yeah, I think I watched them. I, I've seen um, Birmingham play um, at Watford. What was that? Three, four weeks ago, mm-hmm. and I thought they yeah. were, I know Harley Dean really well. I, I had a loan stint at Brentford when I was at Sheffield yeah. uh, when when uh, Dean was there, and I really liked oh, yeah. him. He was yeah. played centre back with him. He was only, I mean, he was probably only twenty one, maybe then. I'm not sure. Uh, but he was above his years. He, he was a real good defender. You could tell he'd come through the I think he came through with Southampton. You could tell he was good on the ball as well. So I really like Harley Dean. I think Roberts has done great as well. I think he's he's come on. I think um, when he first signed, I didn't watch him that much, but he's really, really progressed since then. So I think, like you say, you, you, when I watch him at Watford, I don't know if any, anyone else seen much of that game, but uh, Blues were the better team and ended up losing 3 0. And everyone comes away and says, comfortable win for Watford. Blues were good. Yeah. I was going to say, uh, Martin, going back, you're on about fine margins. I mean, you know, no disrespect to Barnsley, but if, if Barnsley can get, you know, push for top six, why can't we? Yeah. I mean, that's what, that's what I'm saying. It's all it, well, it's not all it is. It's easy, easy to say. Good manager. Mm. You've got Boyers. Looks like good manager. He looks like yeah. he's good. 
do something. He's going to get the best out of his players. That's the main thing. The loan market, everyone knows it. You kind of go in, you can get two or three good loan deals in the championship. Um, you've got a chance, and I would imagine Boyle have the contacts to do that. So, and who knows? You start on level foot, and there's some teams have got a way bigger budget next year, but not many. Um, so I think that got a chance, like like anyone else at the start of the season. Like you say, everyone looks at Barnes and goes, well, they can do what we can. Yeah. Well, this has been fantastic and shrugtastic tonight. Shrugtastic and fantastic. Absolutely superb. Last uh, word from my friends at West Midlands Police. Um, should the Tilton and the Cop not be open next uh, season, uh, how are you going to manage that? It's it's very hard to know, isn't it, at the moment? It's the same as going back to the, the social distancing thing, isn't it? Um, clearly, if the Cop and the Tilton aren't open, you're looking at 50% capacity, which is main stand yeah. and the Gil Merrick, what's that? Probably about 14, 15,000, give or take, depending on the allocation from a away team, what's decided there. It would obviously be completely different, man. You're policing half the game, you're stewarding half the ground, should I say. Yeah. Um, yeah. We'll just have to wait and see, really. Um, so if, the, if the club came up and said, look, you know what, we're going to open all of the top of the GM up for home supporters, would you be completely happy with that? We've done it in the past, haven't we? Do you remember the Premiership we year? The yeah. other, well, we've spoken about it before, haven't we? The, the whole of the <coughs> Gilmerick was open throughout the Premiership years without any issue whatsoever. Well, listen to that, ladies and gentlemen. The whole of the Gilmerick upper was open all Premier season. Not one issue. Not one issue. Let's keep it like that. Let's keep it straight. Let's keep it real. Let's be kind to each other. Be nice to each other. Who cares what the colour of your skin is, what your gender is, what this, something? Nobody cares. Well, nobody should care. Right? If you're going to go on your keyboard, write something nice to somebody. Be nice to them. Write something positive. Criticise them. But criticise them in a positive manner. Don't call them out. Don't call them names. Right? If, 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 if XYZ does a 40-foot yarder and, and it goes into the top of the stands, then tell him about it. Right? You don't have to use derogatory words to players, to you guys at West Midlands Police, to each other. We are Birmingham City. We're one family let's all join hands and be that family together tonight has been absolutely entertaining uh, gents thank you Stuart and thank you Colin can't wait to see you next time. you're a good boy, mate honestly and you said the V word as well <laughs> 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 ladies and gents Stuart Ward and Colin good night guys Oh, right, thank you. Uh, right. Thanks ever for joining us, giving your time up, gentlemen. It's been an absolute pleasure. We will do it again, uh, probably early part of next season at some junction, yeah, and just see how things are going. And if there's anything we can do as as, as a forum, uh, we, we will always help you out, no matter what, no matter what, because all we want is a, is a peaceful, lovely, noisy day at St Andrews. That's all we ever ask for. Guys, God bless. Take care. Thanks ever so much. Cheers. Thank you. Mark Adams, ladies and gentlemen, aka Mr. Road. Take care, everyone. Have a great week. Stay safe. All Hipkiss, aka Mr. Sheen. Thank you, everyone. Good night, all. And from me, old mate, can't wait to see you again soon. Chris Brown. Good evening. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Tilton Talk Show, sponsored by Bull Sports, principal sponsor of Birmingham City Football Club in conjunction with the Garrison Cup Company, uh, the Blues Trust, and our good friends of Bulls. And of course, the other one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've done the 92 second challenge, gents. Don't forget to do it. Don't forget, um, West Midlands Police guys, you've got to want you to encourage as many people as you possibly can to get it done. It's five quid. One of you decide who's going to collect the money in. Then just chat to Chris or, or to Craig Courtney and we'll get the money over to Linda. As I say, she does so much for everybody else and it's about time we did something back for her. Um, I'm dedicating tonight's show to two gentlemen, one called Darren Roy. 
who's a good dad's a good friend of ours uh, in Newcastle, and you all know the other one is Lance Corporal Barry Buxton, who were both killed in Afghanistan 11 years ago yesterday. We went to the Arboretum, we got soaked, we got wet, we got froze, but we still went. Ladies and gentlemen, good night. God bless. Take care. And the last words from Martin Taylor. Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> good night, everybody. Take it easy. Enjoy. Thank you. We are the from the Chilton. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.